Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 64th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast. My name is Bill Bodkin. I am the editor-in-chief of the site and your main host for this podcast. Welcome to part four of our low-key, low-key podcast. We are talking about episode four of the MCU Disney Plus series titled The Nexus Event. And I can never have a Nexus event in my life without the managing editor of thepopbreak.com. He is here contractually, except for that one time or any time summer fun calls for Al Manorino, live from the ranchin. How you doing, pal? Uh, doing pretty good. I don't know. After this episode, though, am I? Am I doing well? I'm, I'm not. I watched this episode about, I finished this episode about 10 minutes before the podcast started, or we started just on air with each other. Um and I am shook, as the kids would say. But you know what doesn't shake me to my core, but does shake me to my heart, which is a terrible transition, but I'm going to stick with it. It's our favorite couple. The first couple of the Socially Distanced Podcast was the last few weeks. We've just had married couples on the podcast or dating couples on the podcast. It is the people from the best coast. He was our resident guest for our WandaVision review series, and he is just our favorite guest in our hearts, Mr. Cole Rathacker. And uh, I think I put an extra pronunciation on your last name. I apologize for that. That is the Jameson talking. And of course, the soon to be very busy because music's back, uh, music editor of thepopbreak.com, Kat Manos. Guys, welcome to the low key review series. We can't do a review series without you guys oh that's so nice <laughs> i'm so excited to talk about alligator loki that's all i'm gonna say i i spoilers but we'll look i thought it, i thought it was komodo. yeah i thought it was uh like komodo dragon loki but hey man We'll debate that in the final parts of the episode. Yes, we are talking about the very emotionally surprising and emotional episode of Loki, um, which uh, to me, I messaged Al right after I finished and I said, holy fuck, that is how I feel about this episode because yeah. I was not prepared or expecting any of that. And if you listen to the series, you know we were not expecting any of this to happen. So let's get into... Except me. Oh, nope. No, I also said that one character would die. And I think Yeah, that's true. I didn't say oh yeah. I didn't, I didn't. want him to die. Well Isn't pruned. That? Pruned as what we say. What does that mean? I don't like that verb. Me neither. I, the way they use that, I don't like that. I mean, this reminds me of the the fruit prunes, and I don't yeah. like that. But who does? So let's get into our first segment. Hi, my name is Miss Minutes, and here's the plot summary taken straight from Wikipedia. Of course, this is episode four, the Nexus event written by Eric Martin, directed by Kate Heron, who has directed every episode so far this season. Plot summary. On Lamentus One, Sylvie tells Loki she escaped the TVA's detention as a child. Loki and Sylvie form a romantic bond, creating a unique branch timeline that draws the attention of the TVA and allows for their rescue before Lamentus is destroyed. They're both arrested, and Mobius leaves Loki in a time loop from his past with Lady Sif. 
Mobius and Hunter B-15 realize they are variants after interrogating Loki and Sylvie, respectively. Mobius subsequently frees Loki from the loop, but is soon confronted by Renslayer, who orders a Minuteman to erase him. Renslayer takes Loki and Sylvie to the timekeepers before B-15 intervenes and frees them from their twisting collars. Time-twisting collars, sorry. Loki and Sylvie kill Renslayer's Minutemen, and Sylvie knocks Renslayer unconscious. Sylvie then beheads one of the timekeepers, discovering they are actually androids. Loki prepares to tell Sylvie something, but Renslayer regains consciousness and erases him. In anger, Sylvie demands the truth about the TVA from Renslayer. In a mid-credits scene, Loki awakens in an unknown realm, surrounded by three other Loki variants who invite to join them. Actually, four. Four. Four Loki variants. <sighs> Wikipedia, you can't even get your stuff right. Can't guys, trust them. Guys, to quote Mobius M. Mobius, wow. That was a that was an episode with a lot happening in it. So let's talk about a lot because a lot happened here. Last episode we had the kind of it was the Doctor Who getting to know you episode between our hero and his uh, equal, either his nemesis or his uh, partner, as as Doctor Who episodes often do. And now we're kind of combined in this big, the big dun-dun-dun episode. So my question to Cat and Cole first is, there was a lot revealed here. Was it too much? And to complicate that, do we actually get any answers from this? (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't say it's too much. I think so far the show's been paced pretty well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we do learn a lot of new stuff. We learn that Sylvie, like, we actually got to see her in Asgard, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because it's, I was kind of unclear if she was a Loki or she was, like, something else, but it seems pretty clear that she, she is a Loki, for sure. Um, we saw that she was kidnapped as a kid, basically, and, and pruned from that existence, Mm-hmm. Um, for reasons we don't know why. And we, we purposefully don't know why in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we find out that she's just been hiding into her adulthood in thousands and thousands of apocalypses mm-hmm. because they can't track her there. Um, I, I guess she's just been showing up for them lately because she's been killing them or they're killing the... It's because she was trying to get to the timekeepers, which she did get to because she wanted to be taken out of this whole equation because she thought they were real. Turns out they weren't. Um, We also learned that what she had told Loki was true was that the timekeepers um, have been lying to all of the people who work at the TVA and uh, they're actually variants. Well, whoever's controlling the timekeepers, because the timekeepers aren't even a thing. Right, right. But the point is, they're be- they're being lied to. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we learned that creating a, or falling in love creates a nexus event. If you fall in love with your own very Self? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have thoughts on that. Um, Same. Al, 
Al, what, uh, what what do you think about the structure of this episode and all the reveals? I mean, we we we've seen other series throughout time mm-hmm. where reveals come at such a rapid pace, and you're just like, ah, it's too much. Did you feel like it was too much? And did we feel like there was too many more questions than answers by end of episode? No, because if you think about the structure of like, say, WandaVision, this is about the time in terms of the amount of episodes we had eight and six, right? So about episode three, four was when we were starting to get more information uh, in WandaVision. So I think this is like right... Um, remember like we're still doing the Marvel method here. So they're going to keep that kind of same structure with like these mystery box kind of shows. I think, I think the amount of information they gave us was well executed. I thought it was again, like, yeah, we, we, we got more questions than answers, but the answers that we got were great. A lot of theories that kind of came through stuff that we talked about on the podcast, you know, the timekeepers not being real or, and, Someone named Renslayer being a good guy. I don't think that's even possible. Um, such a cool, badass villain name. So, yeah, I thought the pacing was great. And I thought the reveals were great. The moment, and we'll talk about it, killed me. Um, and then I got super surprised. <laughs> Not only you, but characters in the show. That's right. And then, the, of course, the ending, super surprising. Because I'm like, what the hell are they going to do now? And then I'm like, oh, wait, they have a mid-credit scene. So seeing that mid-credit scene was just like, Yes. Like all of the yes. There's so much yes to talk about. I can't wait. So I'm going to keep in this segment for just a little bit longer. We have two episodes left. Does it feel like we're coming to some sort of conclusion? I, 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 I'm very, I, I just don't, I'm not sure how I feel because it's like we have four episodes. The four episodes have been great, but I still don't know where this is going to lead us. Do we have enough time? I have concerns. Do you guys have concerns that we're like, we have two episodes left and there are, there's so much we have to unpack just based off what happened in this episode. Well, I have a clarifying question. My understanding was that this is not a limited series. Like there, there will be a season two No. Yeah. Yes. Yes, there will be. But my, I, yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Have they announced well, that? Yeah. Or someone, someone said that they're doing that. That's good. Like, like, I don't know if, like, a season two was greenlit, but I thought it was, like, presented as, like, not a limited series, that there would be more than this. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that was just my thought. So, yeah, like, I, I'm super into it. I loved the amount of information that was revealed. It's really cool because I feel like we've been kind of asking questions since the first episode, and eventually they had to tell us something. Um, and like all great mystery box TV shows, they revealed a ton of stuff and then more questions were at the end, but I think in a really interesting way, this was probably my favorite episode of the season so far. Um, just cause so much happened and I like anything that like reminds me of Blade Runner and Star Wars and like a lot of different things at once. So yeah, I, th- I think they have time. Especially if there's a season two or if it goes beyond this. Yeah, I mean, they, I think whatever story they're building up is probably not, um, they probably understand, I'm assuming they understand kind of the amount of time it needs to, mm-hmm. to take to tell it. Yeah. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, 
it, it's been paced interestingly because like Sylvie's like one of the main characters of the show, but she was only really in it since the last episode. Yeah. So, I mean, when you kind of think about it like that, you, you, you can see like, okay, this is how like they introduce information and then this is how they kind of play it out. So I'm not, I'm not super concerned about how they're going to play out the last two episodes. I think it seems like it's a bit more planned out and, and um, mm-hmm. purposeful in the way it's being told. The, the great thing that they're doing and, you know, obviously the, the scope that the Disney plus empire has is like, you can't really compare it to anything, but that the way that they're doing these shows is they have, um, they don't really have showrunners. They have like head writers. So they have like one head writer to like craft the whole story. Then they get a writer's room and then they write out all the scripts and then they get one director to do the entire vision of the show. And I think that's the great thing about it. And as Cole said, like the pacing's great. They know, they, they know how to structure it. Right. I think WandaVision's like kind of like a mulligan because of like COVID, but like you saw with Falcon and Winter Soldier, like start to finish, that was a complete story um, that had the head writer, that a writer's room. And then the one director was able to do that whole vision. Not No episode felt different than another in the sense of, I guess, kind of making it feel like a full event, full film, if right. you will. You know, when people are like, oh, it feels like watching like a long Marvel movie. It's because it is. It's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's more expanded in that sense. And I really love that. What's funny is like this has a very 70s vibe and this feels like a classic 70s British TV series where you would have six episodes and it's like tune in next season to find out what happens. It's it's almost like where I feel like where we're going with this. And according to Wikipedia, there is a second season in development. Like so like that would be smart, especially you have such a this is the shortest run of all the Marvel shows, like it's six episodes as opposed to eight. Um, And. It has to be more. It has because you, you've you've brought in so much. The reason I brought that up is because we've seen what happens with shows in the past, where it's just like we bring up all these big twists and turns, Westworld, and it's just like, oh, we have to write finish all this up in an episode or two, and they're like, you you put up way too many questions with not enough time to answer it. So that was I was wondering if you guys were feeling that. I have do have faith in Loki because the show has been really good and has done a lot of really, I think, risky creative things, especially in the character with the character of Loki, especially with his emotional stuff. And we saw in this episode uh, where he basically says to Lady Sif at one point, he's like, I am a selfish narcissist and I will. I you know what? I am going to be alone for the rest of my life. And he wasn't doing it to get himself. You would think he's doing that just to con his way out of it, but no, he was being truthful. And I think the fact that they're taking these character risks when they don't need to, per se, and it's paying off in, in high dividends shows that these that they're gonna like that we can trust them as showrunners. So that's our first segment. Our second segment, uh, I'm gonna change it up a little bit. Um, we usually go into the variant where we usually talk about our favorite like guest performers, but I, I really want to get into, cause there were so many questions and so many new things that were brought up to this. I really want to get into the third segment, but it'll be the second segment this week called, I know what this is. 
And then, of course, that reference to Loki when he got to the TVA and he was like, I know what this is. And he brought up all these thoughts and theories about things that happen and that what the TVA was. And, of course, he didn't know. And that's what we talk about theories in this part, because we have a lot. So the first one I want to start with is the TVA. We saw the TVA and they were very odd looking creatures that somehow I was thinking, I'm like, why don't the mouths look like they're moving? And why are the voices so bad like like these are bad muppets and um that was done for a reason because they're actually really shitty androids that from afar look really imposing but up close not very well done so the tva was not in this musty little basement of uh the building that they thought it was in so guys on the west coast i'm going to ask you first the tva you mean the timekeepers right timekeepers the timekeepers and the tva so the timekeepers Mm -hmm. Who are they? And are they running the TVA? Is the TVA a construct? Let's talk with the timekeepers first. Yeah. It, Do we have them? Are they real? Or what's your theory here? It's really funny. I think it was like maybe episode two or something. You, Cole immediately was like, I don't trust this woman. Like she's hiding something. Like maybe the timekeepers aren't even real. And I remember thinking, but I don't know if I said out loud, I was like, oh, I bet you it's a Snoke situation. Or like one of them did look like Snoke, but straight up, straight up look like Snoke. Snoke. <laughs> they straight up look like Snoke. Um, and then we saw we see them, and I'm like, oh, this ha- this is a Snoke situation. They're literally like on their thrones and like floating and look very ethereal. And then when it was revealed they were androids, I was like, oh, this is like a Wizard of Oz Oz situation. Mm-hmm. There has to be like another dude or like somewhere who's controlling all this, and this whole thing is just like a. I don't know, made up reality, a simulation or something. I have no idea who is doing it. Um, maybe Dr. Strange. I don't know. Um, because th- one of the reasons I really, really liked this episode was because I feel like I had this moment of, oh, now I know what the show is about. Before <laughs> yeah. it was like, I don't know really what's going on in this show. They're trying to get Loki and they want to, Use him to find a variant who's killing a bunch of people. Okay. Um, it sounds like a MacGuffin. It is. And then you realize, oh, this show is really just about Loki having character development and realizing like he's been a shitty person, but he's capable of love and he's capable of change. And he really did care about his mother and all of the important moments in his life involve Thor and stuff like that. So wouldn't it be interesting if like, I don't know, it's Dr. Strange or somebody putting him through this like fucked up simulation so he could like be a real person at the end. So he could do the heroic things he did and Infinity War and all that stuff? Yeah, I guess. Even though that's kind of a different Loki. I I don't really know. It's not like a fully thought out thing. It could be another Loki that's doing it. Oh, so you think Loki's doing it to himself? Yeah. That's what I thought. I'm just like, like what happens if Loki is the guy who created the TVA? I straight up said that in the first goddamn episode. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't remember what I had for lunch today, so I'll have to take it. I first. said my I said my tinfoil hat theories we have so like one of two things. I said that either uh I said straight up timekeepers aren't real. You did. I, <laughs> mm-hmm. I said I said, what if the timekeepers were made up of a council of Loki's? You did say that. Yes. Ooh. Now 
because there was rumors forever that we were going to get some sort of council of Lokis. And now, of course, rumor, not it's not a rumor anymore. It is full on true. We have Kid Loki, we have Alligator Loki, and of course, maybe the greatest thing to ever happen to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, Richard E. Grant as goddamn classic Loki from like, you know, first appearance of Loki. Like, Maybe the wearing, best casting of all wearing time. an ill-fitting costume that yeah. uh, obviously Vision wore, and when he was the Luchador, yeah. like he's wore. literally wearing the, the the journey into mystery, whatever issue of the first appearance of Loki when he's standing on top of a mountain. That's like mm-hmm. here's Loki. That's the costume he's wearing. It's the also this Loki. like badass Loki Thor hybrid. Yes, dude. that's fucking crazy. Uh, I'm excited. That whatever's happening. Yeah, now. he's he's credited as a boastful Loki. Oh, Every Loki is boastful. That's true. Yeah, but no, none of the Lokis look like they could beat the crap out of you. That's right. true. That may be for the uh, uh, mm-hmm. alligator Loki. Alligator, yeah. <laughs> I would, would see you live. The, the rocket raccoon of Lokis. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, if he has a, if that thing has a voice. <sighs> oh my god! Who's doing the voice? Let's put in our our casting dreams right now. Well, I mean, I oh, love... Oh, I have it. Jason Manzoukas to fucking piss off Cole. Because <laughs> I, I, I love Jason Manzoukas. I, I like him too, but I don't think he needs to be in every cartoon in production right now. He does. You know why? Because people love him so much, they want him involved. I get distracted when I hear him now. My favorite thing about Jason Manzoukas, sorry for like a side thing, is that he only oh, he has one voice. It's yeah. his own. I know. He doesn't do any other voice, but yet he's booked constantly. So, does, he, so does H. John Benjamin. Okay. But H. Hold John, on. That's not true. Archer true. is totally different than... He knows it's not different. He has said it. It is the same thing. It's just a different attitude. It's the same voice, but it's a different performance. Jason plays the same character in everything he's in. A dick. That's true. He always plays like the asshole. He does play a dick in everything. Did he interview Mansukas on thepopbreak.com? Years ago, yeah, for the league. (laughs) We interviewed the entire cast of the league, Mm -hmm. some of who have gone on to do very, very overly serious things for HBO. Yeah. Um, Think about it. I'll let you think about it. The the Duplass brothers? Yes. Oh, yeah. I think he was the only one that not there. No, we definitely have interviewed him at one point, though. We had Duplass? I don't remember. Someone wasn't there. We did. Oh, no, they were all there. Yeah. That was um, a fun day. Going throwing back to the league, everybody. Uh, that's what this whole podcast was just for me to random plugs of random interviews Al has done at Comic Con. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, Loki, that's my thought is like Loki has somehow created all this, or he's he knows like it's somehow there's this no pun intended end game where he like knew this, you know, he experienced all this, so he's creating the variants to go back in and undo what he that he had to experience some way. Um. So okay, so a, a large vote is that the timekeepers are a Loki, or a variant, or a some sort of Loki variation. Is there any and, and also Doctor Strange? We've talked about. I'm still wondering. Uh, we talked last episode with Marshall and Courtney. Is like, does this tie into Eternals somehow? I think if it's going to tie into anything, it'll tie into Ant-Man yep. Quantum Mania. Because of Kang. The Kang yeah, a lot, the Kang of, connection. Lot of, a lot of people think Kang the Conqueror might be behind the TVA. And it's but who's Kang? 
He he's gonna be the bad guy in Ant Man and Quantum Mania, okay. and he's a character from the comics. He's a time traveler from like the far far future. Kang the Conqueror. Yeah, he's actually Reed Richards's descendant. Yes, Nathaniel Richards, right? Yeah, yeah. We already had our Reed Richards theory. Yeah, earlier this year. And and he has been cast. Jonathan Majors is going to play him in Ant Man. Great casting, by the way. Love it. Remind me who Jonathan Majors is again. Uh, Is it HP or Lovecraft Country? Yes, he's the main dude from Lovecraft. Love. He's great. Yeah, great. And so is uh, B fifteen. She was in Lovecraft Country. Oh Oh, yeah, uh huh. Great. So Krang. Kang. Krang is Krang is Krang is a big brain, right? Yeah. Imagine it was Krang. And somehow we get this wild ninja. <laughs> He's like, we bought the Ninja Turtles, by the way, guys. <laughs> Loki ends up in the Technodrome. <laughs> and I'll be like, okay, I'm in. Sure. The Marvel's next Thanos, like, the, the odds are very, very high for Kang the Conqueror. Like, That's it's... It, it'll, Galactus? No. It, there's, there's so much that needs to be done to introduce Galactus. I think in the sense, like I think Cole's right. Like if you if he's in Quantumanium, like that just it just sets it up so well. He could be potentially like a Thanos level villain. Yeah, because um, whoever is whoever's doing the TVA thing right now has to be someone super super powerful. Because yeah. even Loki himself said like this is the most powerful place ever because yeah. certain. Uh, his like, the Infinity Stone magic doesn't work there. Yeah, oh, yeah, the Infinity Soldier is saying that paperweights. Maybe they're not real. Yeah, that could also be. That could also just be a con. Yeah. Although he did bring the Tesseract through, and the Tesseract did nothing, unless they right. swapped it for a big Tesseract, I guess. Well, the big. I mean, we talked about it on the the less uh, the last episode with um, Courtney Marshall. We talked to them, and you know, time works differently there. But but also specifically, if time works differently there, wouldn't that be like if this the TVA was actually in the quantum realm, that kind of goes hand in hand. Like it actually makes sense. Like there's it just it's pointing to a lot of potentially Kang. We'll we'll see. So the next question is. Is our boy one of the most shocking moments? Although I did say this would happen. I didn't think it would happen this early. That Mobius, 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 played by, and Courtney blew my mom when she says, I apparently Silver Fox, Owen Wilson, because I guess he's now a thirst trap. I didn't know this. Uh, I mean, it's a great role for him. Cat's like, of course he is. Absolutely is. Yeah, he's like, doing great. Wow. <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite line of the whole series so far is when, um, when she's talking, when she's, uh, Ren Slayer's uh, inter- uh, talking to Mobius about Loki. He's like, yeah, he's doing great. And it's just like such <laughs> a classic Owen Wilson. I actually waited for him to say, wow. Apparently, apparently the director or whatever has confirmed that he does not say it throughout the whole series. That's stupid. That's stupid of them. I, I said, I, my whole thing was, I'm like, his, what if his final line will be, wow and like and then we don't see him anymore and that would be the perfect ending but you know so the question is is our boy is silver daddy is he is he dead because we saw him one of the most shocking moments because that was not something i think any of us were like maybe we thought he would die like i said like oh he'll die but not then not when he was confronting renslayer and he just gets pruned 
right before our eyes. We saw what happened with Loki. He ends up in, I'll just call it the upside down for right now. Um, is Moby's dead? And also talk about how you felt about that scene. While I go um, freshen up a beverage and kiss my daughter goodnight. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I felt, uh, I, I was devastated to see uh, Moby's and Moby's uh, demise. But then as soon as Loki gets pruned, I was like, oh, well, something's, something's up here. Yeah. Um, There's no way he's dead. There's just no, no way. So, no, his character arc didn't feel complete. Yeah, and it's, you know what? The reason why I felt that way was because we had just seen how they can put, like, people in time loops, right? Yeah. Uh-huh, so it's yeah. like, what is really pruning? Like, what are they actually doing? Are they killing people or whatever? But, like, I never thought of it that way. I always thought, like, oh, that's just how they get rid of variants. But when we see Loki in the after credit, he's clearly alive, question mark? Yeah. It's not hell. He's like, is this maybe, hell? Maybe they're being removed from time. It, I, like, Ooh, I think it's- Like a phantom zone. Like something. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're being taken out and put somewhere else. Because I remember when he died, I was like, there's no way he died. And mm. then at the end, when we see Loki gets pruned and then he kind of wakes up, both of us immediately were like, see, Owen Wilson's not dead. There's just, I agree that his character arc doesn't feel done. And yeah. it would be dumb if they killed him. He's doing yeah, great. Sure. Yeah. He's doing great. And he's hardly yeah. done anything. Like, it looked like he was about to do something. Yeah. 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 So I don't, I don't think he's gone. I think, like, yeah, I think when they're pruned, I don't think they're actually killed, but they're sent somewhere, mm-hmm. like, to some hostile environment where they'll die anyways. Or, like, they're left for dead. Right. Sure. And I think that's why at the end, that's why the Loki variants basically said, come with us if you want to live. Yeah. Yeah. Kat, we didn't get to talk to you about this uh, because you haven't been on an episode yet for the series, but we mentioned early on, like I, I specifically said, like I'm getting like hardcore, like Mad Men vibes watching the show. Like, oh yeah. Mad Men flashbacks of like, you know, just like the, the, the office spaces, the color oh, scheme, yeah. like it just felt so like of that time period. I've and I was just like, Hendrix. Yeah. I mean, I'm always misunderstood. Same. I've been obsessed. Like the mid-century vibe is so great. It's it's like, especially in the beginning, I was like, oh my god, I'm so obsessed with like this bureaucratic like nightmare office. Like I just want to know everything about it love the designs and there's like really like subtle things i don't know if you guys noticed but outside of the the mean woman's office these like these doors on the doors and i think it's the same doors that are in the elevator there's just like this really intricate design and if you look closely they're hourglasses of like oh, time cool. and i'm just like oh like the detail is so cool it, so it reminds me a lot of like the detail of of wandavision for sure yeah, yeah. apparently it's a hotel in the you could go there? Uh, some of it, yeah. Like the elevator? That's, We're going. That's uh, We're going. Well, going to Atlanta, everybody. That's it. <laughs> um, I, like, I want the TVA jacket. Like, oh, can we get too. that? That's going to be such a cosplay item. I feel I feel like I have to rock that this year for cosplay. And like the skinny tie. No, 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 no. I want Kat to rock that because <laughs> we know, as discussed on this podcast, <laughs> no one does Halloween as good as Kat. Thank you. That's right. so sweet. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm all about it. The, the, I know. Oh, the, Al, you could pull off a good Sylvie. I, I think it. if you dyed your hair blonde, you could pull off a good Sylvie. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would yes. be great. I want this to happen. <laughs> you guys to live in New Jersey. Uh, anyway, so Bill, you're, you are already Owen Wilson's character with the hair. Duh. <laughs> That's gonna be the easiest costume. Yeah, I have to be a taco. I have to be a taco for Halloween this year again. Again? Uh, well, for my daughter. Uh, I listen. No, I understand. I the Hall- <laughs> when I invested the Halloween costume, I'm doing it for a few years. Um, I invested like fifteen dollars in it, so don't worry. But um, in my thoughts, yeah, I think I don't think we've seen the last of Mobius. No. And I like. I also kind of want like an end credit scene where he's on a jet ski. And that's I'll, all, like, that's all I want to cry. That's all I want for him. I've never wanted a character to ride a jet ski so bad in something. That's so weird. <laughs> but I hope he gets everything he dreams of. Well, our, our theory was world. that he was a he was a jet ski salesman in yeah, his former life. We did life. think he was. Like, Honestly, he has that vibe. Yeah. He really does. Or, or we didn't even think about it. He could just be a guy who does the jet ski tours and stuff. Because like I actually know someone who used to do like that. Like when you go and like rent jet skis, like in the in the city or in um, or in you know on the beach or whatever. No, he was totally. He was a salesman, or he like ran the store that sold. Soldiers. What if he's like, like, oh my god, this is funny because it's like it all goes back to Ant Man. What if he's like Paul Rudd's character in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, who does like <laughs> the, the surfing <laughs> tours? <laughs> like, yeah. Man, the That's last time we talked about that, that movie on mm-hmm. this podcast, I was blind drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the best. <laughs> Love that movie. Yeah, it's got one of my favorite lines of a movie ever, where he says, um, "You know, when, when you know when, when life gives, gives you when life gives you lemons, you just say fuck the lemons and bail." Yeah. My my favorite line of his is when he's like, "Oh, you're the guy from Kaiser Permanente." <laughs> my favorite line is, "You sound like you're from London." You sound like you're from London. It's so good. It's no, I don't want to watch out here. No, because I got on my phone. <laughs> We, I think we need to have like a ten person forgetting Sarah Marshall panel at some point. That's fine. Yeah, we to do that. I still want to do my Fast Nine episode. Well, I mean, some oh, of yeah. us have to see it. So, uh, but I really do hope hope we get to see Mobius again. Um, but I want him in. Like, I know this is stupid, but like, I want him in the MCU. Like, I want I want more of him. I mean, you've said dumb things on this podcast. Not as dumb as me. But that is not dumb. That I is know, like, but like I just want to see more of him. Wish. That's a Christmas wish. You know, it's funny. Like we, we've talked about how like Dave Filoni listened to the fans when they, when they fan casted um, Rosario Dawson for Ahsoka. Like they literally listen. One thing that they have to listen to is a quick aside. Um, Luis from Ant-Man, they need to make him a shield agent and just put him in everything. I mean, like, that's it. We don't have a cool shield agent anymore because they haven't really figured out what the fuck to do with Coulson. Do that. Make that happen. And then put Mobius, make him his boss. And and put what's his face from WandaVision in that show too. Yeah. Oh, that's the show. We we do want that show. We need that show. Yeah. The Jimmy and then Blue you show. Bring Pat show? Oswalt's, uh, you know, random like kind of uh, yeah. character from uh, Shield in there. And then you have basically a, the sitcom I've always wanted. That's right. Uh, the other question I do have is we have this thing put out there. Sylvie put this out there, and Loki has put this out there as well. Do we believe that the TVA, everyone in the TVA, is a variant, or is this one just elaborate con? Propagated by whom? Sylvie, the greater Lokis, 
or the greater low key. Is this a lie or do we think this is reality? Uh, I don't think we have any reason to think it's a lie at this point. Yeah. I did think it was really funny that this is the second Marvel show in which a group of people are like enchanted and don't realize it. Carry on today's society. It's funny though, because they're not, you know, they're enchanted in a sense. I don't know. It's so weird. You are like kind of right on the money, but like they're, they're not in pain. Yeah. As in WandaVision, they were in pain. Like that it was hurting for them to be there. Whereas these guys were like plucked out of their existence and just fed new memories. I actually was waiting for like Mobius to be like to Renslayer. Like, how did we get here? Like I was already in a suit and working here. Like I don't remember my childhood. Like what was that? Like what was those conversations? Because it doesn't seem like that they have like any well, life outside of the TVA. Well, they all thought that the timekeepers created them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They are. So who the fuck are the timekeepers then? I think it would be really interesting if. It's it's hard to say, like, they're all variants. Like, what does that even mean that that's actually made up now that we know? Um, that yeah, the TV are, is fake. So I don't think I don't that's the thing. I don't think variants are made up. I don't think anything that they talked about in the instances of like variants and uh the timeline and stuff, I don't think any of that's made up. The only thing I think is made up is like who were the timekeepers. Uh-huh. I think the timekeepers were, as you said, and as I said on this podcast, like pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, like the 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 Wizard of Oz aspect of it all. I think there yeah. is someone obviously pulling the strings, but um I think everything they've said is legit. Like you cannot fuck up the timeline. And I think they're the reason the variants are there in the first place is because they can exist there. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I see it. You know, because so, so if the know. timeline is real and like variants mm-hmm. are real and all of that, then are there real timekeepers that we just haven't met? And those three timekeepers were like fake timekeepers? Well, you have to ask, like, why is the TVA even a thing? Like, what purpose is it serving? Like yeah. that. Like you have to, you have to wonder that, and then wonder who would want to do that. Because you're now like, you're now wondering is this whole timeline thing like because we we know the MCU timeline of where Loki goes yeah is like is this all made up is this like some elaborate plan to, like we said is this some elaborate plan just to make Loki a better person and that's the whole end game of it is it a whole it's a wonderful life situation kind of but just like Loki you've seen what good you can do can you change in order to save us from right. your attempt to save us from Thanos or something like that. Um, if there's one sacred timeline, right? And all of these variants were plucked out of because they were screwing something up. They were screwing something up in their realities or whatever. It's a lot of stuff bigger than my own head. They're put into this place, the TVA, which is almost like being put into um like a cataclysmic event in the sense of like they can exist there because eventually something's going to happen. Right. I guess what I'm getting at is like the, the only people that we know in the MCU that would care about this is someone like 
as Kat said, like Doctor Strange or people who have mentioned the timeline to begin with when in, in Endgame, when the Ancient One is showing like the realities and showing like the branches of it, right? And you have to make sure it's all together or everything's going to fucking just blow up. And I think that's where we're headed to. That's where we're headed to in the MCU. It's like they're just setting the stages for like Secret War or something so something so cataclysmic it has to rival fucking Endgame. Like how like you have to think of the next 10 years of the MCU. Why do we give a shit? Why do we care about Loki who's dead, who's not really dead? We, we don't know. We just love being with this guy. Um, this is a, a way to bring him back from the dead. I, I will okay. say though, I'm I'm so sorry to interrupt, Paul. I will say I, I hear what you're saying about how they need to set up the next 10 years of the MCU. I personally, at this point, after what we've seen with WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I don't think they're going to begin setting it up in a television show. Yeah. They're going to do it in a movie. Because everything we've seen so far has been important and interesting, but it's all been important of, like, leading up to the next movie that's going to come out. Yeah. yeah. That's, but that's, 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 that's the only reason why I think Kang the Conqueror might not be in it, because I just feel like they're not going to introduce a big character in a TV show, because they... Yeah. Don't I, I think they must anticipate not everyone's gonna watch the show, but like more people would go see the movie. Um I don't think they can anticipate that now. <laughs> like I feel like these shows are more pop these shows are as popular in yeah. theory than the movies. My yeah. mom is watching these shows. You know what I mean? So yeah, like, yeah. I'm just gonna bring up just a, a quick point before we get back into this, is like when Al, you're saying like in WandaVision, people are being like hurt or people are being like manipulated. I feel like these, think about what the TVA is. They are now mindless, soulless office mm-hmm. workers or an extermination squad. Because the hunt, think what uh, everyone's name is. They are Hunter B15, Hunter C20. They don't have names. Mobius's name is Mobius, Mobius, Mobius. Like that's, you know, Renslayer's is Renslayer, you know. So it's either like you're a prosecutor. You're an invest. You're investing. So you're investigating people. You find them. You send the extermination squad to kill them or bring them back in order to be prosecuted to kill them or convert them. So these people, if they are truly being taken over, they have no soul. They have one purpose in life. That's to serve TVA. So in many ways, they are being tortured because their entire existence was erased from their life. And my thing is, I think that. B15 and C20 that scene with Sylvie that was B that was B15 not Sylvie they were best friends that's why she's so concerned about B, uh, B15 uh, C20 because they uh-huh. were the best friends yeah. they had the bar together or they were they were a couple or something they varied they were variants from some timeline together no they weren't together well they could have been best friends i think they were friends in the TVA no, I think they. I think they might have been friends. They're not that mindless. Power. They're not mindless, soulless people, though. We we've seen like Moby is talking to Renslayer. They're like friends. They've been like lifelong right, but, friends. But what's their? But look at the look at their conversations. They all revolve around work. They're work yeah. friends. Yeah, not, but the way that they talk, friends. it sounds like that they're like. I yeah maybe you know what I mean. But maybe they're only allowed. But they're everything is. Their whole thing is work, and little things leak in, just like in WandaVision. Little things leak in, though Jetski leaks in. You know, the guilt that Renslayer has about mm-hmm. Sylvie. Little things leak in, 
but everything is work related. Mm-hmm. So that's just my theory. That's the, I'm like, I like the theory. I'm like wrong, but you know, I, like I, th- I think they are being tortured in many ways because you saw when uh, B15, uh, B15 was in, took herself to a cataclysmic event to talk about it and she saw it and she cried. She's like, I was happy. Yeah. And you're like, I'm like, holy shit, B15. I don't need to cry on a Thursday. Yeah. Are <laughs> you getting me close? The, that one guy didn't even know what a fish was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they, they've really, like, stunted them. Do you guys remember that? It's like the first episode. And mm-hmm. someone's like, you look like a dead fish. What, what, what? Yeah, oh, that was the guy. Yeah, no, I don't know. They a fish, and he's like, what's a fish? And I'm like, what? Like, For episodes, how, how does really a guy who looks suspect. like a human being not know what a fish is? Um, no, that's the guy from... Um, oh, that, Good Place. From, he's from Good Place, but he's also... He was in The Mandalorian. He's in that uh, firefighter show that uh, Farva... The guys from Super Troopers are in. Tacoma uh, hmm. FD. Yeah, I can never but, remember his name. Um, the only thing I was going to add is, uh, you know, I, I think like there's threads in this that could be setting up future Marvel movies, but I, I really think it's mainly just going to be setting up the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. The yeah. Multiverse has just been mentioned so many times. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it seems like the TVA, their whole thing is like preventing a multiverse from existing. So Especially maybe one of madness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I don't know, maybe the end of the show is like, we're going to see kind of the creation or, or the, or they're going to stop suppressing the multiverse. And that's how we're also going to get the what if show. Cause then we're, we are going to be seeing all these different universes. And then, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's setting up multiverse of madness, but like, you know, from there, like multiverse of madness can be setting up. And we yeah, still, still some I, of this has to tie into love and thunder. Has to tie into love and thunder. Well, that's the or thing, though. Hope. Like, could the guy it, still it, needs to watch Ragnarok? I know it's potentially it has the potential to set up three different movies in the MCU. Like, yeah, like, well, far, no way home. <laughs> oh, I even think of no way home. And, yeah, and, and, I just Ant-Man watched Far from Home, guys. I finally yeah. watched a new Marvel Marvel movie. Yay for me! Yeah, good job, Bell. Um, it was fun. I liked it. Quantumanium, Far from Home. Love and Thunder and Multiverse Madness. There's four movies you could potentially see. There's up. another one. Blade, because they mentioned vampires. Vampires, they did. Wait, when did, did they, they mention vampires? They mentioned vampires. Mobius was like, we've had to deal with something, something, vampires, something, something. And I was like, what is, wait, hold on, hold on. Is Morbius, isn't no. he a vampire? That is uh, the Sony. Yeah, Mor- Morbius is a vampire, but that Mobius is, is a. So that's not tying into you don't know, that no because Mobius is a character from the comics. He's pretty awesome. much yeah. the same as he's depicted in the show. He's actually based on Mark Grunewald, who was a writer at Marvel Comics at the time. No, no, no. I mean, Morbius. he's thinking of Morpheus. Oh, no, that's not Morpheus. Morpheus. No, he's, he's thinking Mobius. of Morbius, like the Jared Leto. Character. He's thinking yeah, of the Jared Leto. Sorry, yeah, yeah that's Morpheus. what I'm thinking of. That's not, not Morpheus, that's Sony, that's not the guy from the no. Okay, no, he's in a Sony movie, so he won't be in this. Correct. Well, who knows? Though they will, I'm telling you right now, like quality control. Kevin Feige will not let Tom Hardy's Venom and Mobius near his MCU. Yeah, I. Honestly, good for him. I think yeah, I think No Way Home is going to be setting up something because we do know that what's his, Michael Keaton is in Morbius, and we're to assume he's playing 
Vulture or Adrian Toomes. Or just, or just we also just, see an image of Spider-Man in Morbius. Oh yeah, that's depressing. Well, because they can they can do whatever they want. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't a Tom. What's the kid's name? Holland. Tom Holland. It wasn't Tom Holland Spider-Man. It looked like Toby Spider Spider-Man. That's funny. Well, the, who knows? The rumor and innuendo is that Tobe still be in it, and Garfield. Yeah. Al has I been. I think Andrew Garfield would be. I, he's a liar. So when he's like, "No, I, I haven't heard anything." Liar. He's in it. He's the summer that, of Garfield. By the what way, what else does he do? That's a oh, Garfield. The summer of Garfield, man. Garfield's having a Garfield dissonance right now. Is he? Okay. Yeah. Who's in that like crap YouTube movie? Uh, he's, in that, he's in that Cat movie musical. about the televangelists that looks pretty good. Yeah, and he's doing the the tick the tick tick boom the the story of the the the, the, the guy the, who did Rent uh, the guy guy who wrote Rent before he died. Lin Manuel Miranda oh. is involved. In it. it looks it looks pretty. Cool. It's his directorial debut. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Lin Manuel. Wait, uh, he's, he's playing the the writer of Rent. Jonathan so Larson. So he's playing a game. Right, but I think Andrew would do Spider Man again if it's Marvel doing it. Probably not so much if Sony was doing it. He would do it if he wanted a paycheck. So he's no, he that's my it. thought exactly. He would, he would do it if they said you get to be Spider Man again. The guy loves fucking Spider Man. Yeah. He really does. It's true. It is true. So the title of this episode is the Nexus Event, and of course we're talking. They're talking about this great timeline, uh, you know, event that happens uh, when uh, Sylvie and Loki basically gaze into each other's eyes and hold hands. Is the Nexus Event really? Loki loving himself finally instead of self-loathing is that a big thing that we're going for in this episode where he find he has care for himself he says he's the ultimate narcissist but man I've never seen someone who's hated himself as much as he does outside of me uh and myself but like it's like is that the ultimate timeline variation is that the nexus event that Loki comes to terms with himself no, I think the Nexus event is them about to die. I think them, uh, like, literally, so they're they're yeah. there. They're not supposed to be there, right? So they're there, and they're so about to die. They're about to be wiped off the face of existence, about to be completely destroyed, killed, whatever. It's only when they're saved that the Nexus event is avoided. So no, I don't think no, it's... No, no, no. The, the, the branching happens. You're, 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 well you're, you're mixing it up. They were able to be saved because a Nexus event started. Right. And, and I read that scene. I could be wrong. I think actually you could be right, Bill. I thought the Nexus started because these two people are never supposed to fall in love, but they were mm-hmm. falling in love, question mark. And that's what started the Nexus. And because the Nexus started... Mobius was able to say, like, oh, there they are. Let's jump there. And that's how they were able to be saved. Also, I'll, I'll say that um, the week before this episode came out. So, like, I, I went and read the, the Wikipedia page about the third episode. And I'm reading it. And there was this really weird sentence that I don't think was supposed to be on the page. It's like someone put it there and then Wikipedia didn't edit it out. Oh but it said that they're on... That they 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 are on um, that planet, Lamentus, and it mentions something about Loki falling in love with himself. It, it was this weird, like grammatically incorrect sentence that definitely wasn't 
supposed to be there. So someone like leaked that on there, I think. Okay. Yeah. So the Nexus event is him falling in love with himself, I guess. I just can't see that making like. Love conquers all, Alfred. I think it's. it's, But it conquers all. That doesn't fuck everything up to. Well, the the thing is, like, Loki's. Loki's pr- glorious purpose is to always be this self-loathing asshole who constantly gets defeated and screws things up. Mm-hmm. And like, if he finds acceptance in himself, like that kind of defeats what his whole like thread has so, been. So you're saying if someone makes a drastic change, it's going to create a nest, uh, a nexus event. Well, so if you, if you, if you stop being so hard on yourself as a person, Bill, Will that create this nexus event? Because you've changed, you've gone a complete 180. Well, of yourself. I'm not the god of mischief and a prince of <laughs> I'm just saying, like, we, we, so, all three of three of us are saying three different things. You're saying that it's 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 Loki making this complete 180 of yeah. himself. Kat is saying that because he fell in love with himself, that created a nexus event. And what I'm saying is because there were not they were not supposed to be there and they were about to die that was was creating the next event i think you're them, right then but, uh, but i'm saying like they were not supposed to die there not right. that not that they weren't supposed to die in lamentus but that wasn't that wasn't their time to go so for the timeline purpose so it could be all three they weren't supposed I don't to think die so. there because but i think there is something about the self acceptance the self-love it's not a romantic love to have self-love trust me what did mobius say when he took him out of there when he was interviewing him he mentioned the falling in love was probably the reason for the nexus event right did he say anything else or was that like his main his main like his, his whole purpose to interview him was to figure out what the nexus event was and then they went back and forth to the top for a while and then Owen Wilson was like, oh, you fell for her, right? That was the thing. Okay, you fell in love with yourself. Close the book, done, the case is over. That's why That's why I don't think it is it, because he made it seem like that was like, he's like, oh, yeah, that's this happens every Friday. Like, it, here's are, the thing. After, after Owen Wilson did all of that, though, and he, like, got rid of Loki and he's going in the files and everything, I took what he was doing to mean, like, we actually need to create a Nexus event for all of this to explode. Because if it explodes, then maybe he'll be free and all the people in the TVA, like, it'll be revealed to be a fraud. Because they're trapped mm-hmm. there. Oh, for sure. The Nexus event has to come into play in the next two episodes. I'm just trying to figure out, I guess, what we're trying to do completely is what actually caused it. I think I, I think it was him falling in love with her. Yeah. And I think All right, the one that will blow it that's, up is there's two votes. Him telling her because she actually isn't yeah. aware that he fell in love with her. That's true. She they didn't fall in love with each other, I think is fair. I think he Cat Cat has majority, so that's the that's where we're going with. I mean, yeah. we can also all be wrong. Like, I think we are all... We could all be partially right. That's I think, true. I think because Cole and Kat said it, I think we're. I think they're right. I mean, <laughs> that's how it usually goes. That's true. But, yeah, I think there's... But I think even there's a lesson, even if it's not the explicit um, thing that's happening here, I think that's one of the big themes with Loki is of self-acceptance and self-love. And I think that's something... Bill, 
uh, that a lot of people need to work on. And that's something people can take away from this show. And we're seeing it. He's actually, when he tells Mobius, the TVA is, is lying to you. He's not doing that as a ploy to get out of it. He's like, I'm telling you, cause I like you. You're my friend. You're the only person who really actually cares about me in this place. And so, and you're not like my brother, who's the God of Thunder, you know? So it's just like, I'm telling you this for, and he does it for a reason. And he wants to save Sylvie because he cares. And you were seeing this new opening, uh, awakening of Loki. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's get to the final point of the, the tinfoil hat theories of the end credit scene. We're just here and there's Oscar nominee, Richard E. Grant. There's a kid. Who's he nominated for? Oh gosh. That uh, it's, the, can you forgive me? Um, can you ever forgive me? Yeah. yeah. I've never heard it. It was a few years ago. He did it with Melissa McCarthy. Um, I actually interviewed Melissa McCarthy for that movie. And him, I believe. He was in a movie with Melissa McCarthy and was nominated for an Oscar. Was, oh my God. Yeah, it was, it was a very serious movie. Mel- you guys Mel- have to watch from it. Brian Brian good. Yes. Yeah, man. It was just a few years ago. He was nominated ago. for Academy Award for Best Actor. Best Actor. Cole. Yeah. Cole. You would thoroughly enjoy this movie. Really? Have you have you seen it, Cat? Oh, my wife watched it. Cat, so we love Richard E. Grant in this. He does. He deserved an Oscar nom. And he oh, this is it's like the best Melissa McCarthy's. I just want to give a shout out to Richard E. Grant. Um, the first movie I ever saw him in and loved was Spice World. He played their manager. Spice up your life, dude. Come on, incredible. Great. It's it's a guilty pleasure pop. You know, fuck it. It's not guilty pleasure. I enjoy that song. Great movie. He's also in Logan, so not his first Marvel movie. That's right. Wait, in Star Wars. Uh, just remind me who he was in Logan. He's the scientist. Yep. And he was also in Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. Hardcore. And he was doing experiments on the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Was, oh, that's right. I only saw a, is he Is he the I'm villain like, in Doctor Who that keeps saying the word doctor? saying, Doctor Who. Doctor, he was, he was on Trenzalore, and he's when all the doctors show up at that one scene. Yeah, but he, yeah, he's the one that's trying to, yeah, find the secret of Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Yeah, uh, that's a Matt when Matt Smith turns like seven thousand years old. Is that uh, Trenzalore? But anyway, so what is this? Where are we? Council of Loki's baby. It looks. It looks like we're in uh, New York. We're in Escape from New York. If Kurt Russell showed up as Snake Plissken, I'd lose my shit. Uh, oh, my God. I mean, I would, too. Come on. That would be amazing. It would be. Confusing, but amazing. Oh, it would make no sense, but who gives a shit at that point? Uh, where are we? Who are these guys? What's going on? Al, Council of Lokis, that's what you're saying? Yeah, this is our this is our Council of Lokis. So. Can you explain what that means? Is that so, a No, it's not really... It's well, of, you know what's like, funny? This show is... Uh, being done by a guy who worked on Rick, Rick, Rick and Morty. Morty, so that's pretty appropriate. Yeah. So there's <laughs> in Rick and Morty, there's a council of Ricks. So it's like right. all these oh, Ricks because these... you and Alicia brought that up because Alicia is like it's the council of Alicia's. That's right. Yeah. No. So basically, once they just once they said the idea of different Loki variants, I was like, oh, this guy's been a troublemaker in every reality and every multiverse possible. It's just like his nature it's who he is so it's like oh we're gonna get different versions of loki and so in in all the comics it's the loki verse kind of kind of going into Um, the loki verse yeah 
stepping into Loki Noir. Oh my god! Oh, it was Nicholas Cage. Ooh, imagine if we got like a cartoon Loki, like he looked like a Hanna Barbera character. Oh, stop! It. Damn it! And he's voiced by John Mulaney. Yes, John Mulaney could be alligator. <gasps> that's oh, my that's good casting. Oh, that's good casting. And you just saw him, Al. I did. How was it? Was it good? My fr- it was really good. Oh yeah, off also, the top, I had so many questions. Oh, I will answer them. I do super weird. <laughs> super weird, but super great. Yeah, super weird, but super great. Anyway, yeah. So, um, you know, we get introduced to four different Lokis. Three were like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense," and then one were like, "Holy shit, <laughs> an alligator!" <laughs> but uh, I'm just super excited for um, to explore. Like, I don't have any more information. I'm just excited to see what the fuck they're actually going to do with it. But when I say Council of Lokis, I mean like we're literally getting just all these different variations of Lokis who maybe have tried to do, you know, who have become have become variants and have tried to, um, you know, stop the TVA. So they they've banded together. It's not they're not like we're going to visit this Loki and then we're going to visit this one. Like no, they're smart enough to be like we're 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 going to work better together, just like Loki and Sylvie did. Or they've all been pruned there yeah. because they said they got rid of the other variants and these are the only ones left. So they've all been pruned to, it looks like a, a post-apocalyptic New York. You could see Avengers Tower in the background. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited. I know. It's cool. Maybe they're living in the world where Loki won in Avengers. Ooh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, okay. table. I'm out of here. <laughs> that would be amazing except if Loki won he wouldn't let other Lokis like coexist with him or maybe Loki's won but like he won and like the world is like done like there's nothing yeah, like, that's, or Loki, that's what it looks like for him to win Loki. that's going to be like psychologically because that's what this whole show has been he's just been seeing yeah. kind of himself from like kind of an objective point of view mm-hmm. like what his actions mean to the world and also to himself. So maybe he, he is going to see a world where he's won and like, it's for nothing. Like it's just an empty barren life. Or, or it's like, yeah, he never cared about earth. He wanted to conquer earth because Thor like had, had a house cared about there. there. Yeah. It's a wonderful life. It's a Loki life. Loki, this is your life. I, I was gonna say like he won, but the, I was gonna say the Mondo Chiwangs, but I'm like, oh wait, that's a Fifth Element reference that maybe very few people will get. Um, whomever he brought through the portal to attack New York, like it's like he won that battle, but then you're like, oh hey Loki, we're a very powerful alien race, and we just kicked your ass. The Chitari, the Chitari, and they took over the world. Even though he was like, hey, help me win, and they're like, they betrayed him. Because yeah. Loki well, was really Thanos. Wins, he loses. Thanos gave them. Thanos gave right. uh, the Chitari to him. So really, it's like, oh, you won. You you defeated the Avengers. Great. You did exactly what you wanted. Here, you can have Earth. It's great. And then we're going to just destroy half of existence. Could be. And then it's him living with that. So he's conquered Earth, but now the the rest of the world has been decimated by Thanos. Yeah. So yeah. it's if, it's if the. Attack in New York, the Avengers lost. Yes. So so Tony Stark died. Everywhere. Again. Or for the first time, question mark. First time, first time in forever, yeah. He's, he's yeah. Sorry, so that was a he, random frozen reference. I apologize as a dad. Uh, so, so the I guess aliens took over and that's New York, but how are the other Lokis there? We don't know that yet. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I still this think like it's, it's some place out of time that the TVA sends pruned people to. Or that, people. That's what I thought, but Al is saying that he's going back to the Earth where Loki actually oh. won that battle. Oh, no, I'm just saying that could be the place, well, but I think be, Cole might be right of like, oh, this is be, like an alternate reality. He'd be, okay, okay. He'd be king of nothing. He'd be king of a wasteland and what's in cool. I like that. Actual, it's an actual just like, hey, here's your purgatory. You're the king. You're king nothing. You're the Metallica song from the albums everyone hated and uh, from the 90s. So good luck to you. You're literally just ruling over ruins. I'm trying to remember what is that? Is that St. Anger? Which one's that one that everyone hates? Load and reload. There you go. People like St. Anger a little bit more, but sort of kind of. But anyway, that's, that's a podcast for another day. And what about the one with Lou Reed? How about that one? That I like that one fucking, still. That's the worst fucking album I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I know. Uh, Lucas talks about it every day. The opening line is This is the worst fucking album I've heard in my life. Uh, I'm such a professional. Uh, that was also 10 years ago. But regardless, um, yeah, I think this is, this is the, like, why I called the upside down? Because it is, like you guys were saying, it's time out of place. And yeah. they have to get out of this alternate reality to get back into this other alternate reality we'll call the tva the sacred timeline he has to break through that so we'll see if they're able to do it which i think is pretty cool yeah um so let's get into um any other theories that you guys have before we move on to our favorite performance of the episode uh not a theory i just i really hope at the end of this we get to see a version of the MCU where it looks exactly like the old comics from the sixties, but they're played by really famous actors. That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah. So like with Richard E. Grant, but like all the Avengers. Richard E. Grant would be Loki, and then like, I don't know, they just they just find like different Anthony actors. Hopkins is Thor. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. or or like, yeah, just like they just Robert Redford is Captain America. We bring have them look and act like they do in the old comics. Like it's literally just the comics, but with real people. But like in the same way that we saw Vision and Wanda kind of like in their classic outfits. Kind of, yeah. But, but with different actors. Yeah, yeah. But would you want them older, like a Richard E. Grant or like? Well, I I think Richard I'm Grant all is just about a, like bringing like yeah. Gene Hackman is somebody, guys, because we like that. Gene, get Gene out of retirement, please. I, I think Richard E. Grant is just playing. I don't think he's playing like an older Loki because the Loki from the old comics was like I wouldn't say he's Richard E. Grant age, but he's definitely not Tom Hiddleston age. Yeah, yeah, like, he's definitely that's fair. older and like he, he they young they young him up through the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, you have you have Black Widow, but now she's older and she's played by like Gina Davis or something. Yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. She looks like yeah, she's she made in nineteen sixty-seven. That'd be so cool. Is someone doing this? God Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman is hot is Hawkeye. Stop uh, it. Uh, Dan, Danny Glover's War Machine. Yeah. Yeah. I could do this all day. Can you hear us? Take notes. Captain oh, America well, is obviously you forest. bring Redford out to be Captain America. Yeah. Oh my mm-hmm. god, yeah. Gene Hackman is Iron Man. Gene, we need him. We need him. Isn't he dead? Gene no. Hackman? He's retired. Okay, he hasn't acted. That's why we're getting him out of retirement. Yeah. He's got yeah. a bill to pay. Dude, Lou Ferrigno, just get Lou Ferrigno as the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Why not? Why not? 
Come on. Yeah, man. absolutely. That was all the Avengers. So yeah, let's just do that. Wow. Great. We should be paid, honestly. Get Seriously. us on. Get oh. us on a staff writing job. Jesus Christ. Uh, that'd be the best thing ever. Um, so let's move into the variant, which is our favorite performance in the episode. Guys, who is your favorite performer in this episode? Alan, let's start with you first. Richard E. Grant as classic Loki crushed it in five seconds. No, uh, that's definitely runner up. Um, I mean, we have yet to talk about the the great cameo uh, of Sif. I thought she was uh, great. It was great to see her. I thought it was great to um, get that connection again. She's always like so sidelined when she could be so much more. And they actually, they put her. Yeah. They put her in uh, Agents of Shield. She was like a, another connective tissue there, and I just oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that's right. We didn't get her in Ragnarok at all, no. uh, but I think like they brought her back here to kind of remind people. Of her well, that's the, bring her back. Well, that's the the rumor, or I don't, I don't. It was a rumor. It, I think she is in Love and Thunder. Is she? That's not? that's the thing. Was the rumor is now that uh, Valkyrie's queen of Asgard, she is looking for. Her queen. Oh no, she's the king of Asgard. She's looking for her queen, and there's a, a rumor that she's going to end up with Sif. There is a rumor. Mm. Does Sif roll that way? I don't know. I think I feel like all the Asgardians do for some reason now. Um, but oh, she she is in Love and Thunder for sure. Confirmed by interview. Uh, there is also the rumor that Valkyrie could be in this show. The fuck? How? <laughs> I don't know. We haven't met her yet. Well, time doesn't matter. But time doesn't matter. that also could be a, that also could be a clip where she we're going back to Ragnarok for some reason. Unless we, just, we saw her in Rag, the the Ragnarok clip, I don't remember. Did. Oh, we did. I can't, I can't stress this enough. Owen Wilson is crushing it in the show. He's so well, you good. Might have, you might say crushed it because we're still not a hundred percent sure we're going to get him back at some point. He's not dead. He's not dead. Can't be. He's yeah. not dead because God damn it. Don't do this to me. He died in a great way, though. Uh, but at the same time, like they won't kill him now if they bring him back, which is nice to know. They can't. They can't do that to us twice. That's I, I think Cole is right. Like the one, the one main reason that he's not dead is because he hasn't had a full character arc, and he's like what second billing for the show. They're not going to kill him. What the sh- show presupposes, maybe they will. <laughs> No. A little Royal Tenenbaums action for all you Wes Anderson fans out there. But for me, my pick for the variant is going to be Owen Wilson. I loved him in this episode. So when he walks out of there and starts talking about that jet ski, I was just like, I, I thought he was going to just hit a button and they were going to zoom away and everything would be fine. But instead, he had zero plan. <laughs> he had zero plan like the no Wilson character would. And um, he dies. And um he was just really great in this episode. I thought his line where he said, Oh, here's the folksy guy going to give me a folksy put down for, you know, just paraphrasing. He's like, no, you're an asshole. <laughs> and I was just like, that is the perfect comeback because it's just like, it hurt. It cuts Loki to the core. Yeah. And I thought all his interaction with Loki was great. I thought his reaction interactions with, Renslayer was fantastic. The reveal in the library is fa- is awesome. And if it's the last time we see Owen Wilson in the MCU, that's a great way for him to go out. I, I He is my pick for the best performance of this episode. So, Al, you didn't pick your best performance. You just wanted to bring up Sif. No, so- I did. I said Mobius. I said, I said Owen Wilson. Oh, okay. 
I said, I, I said he's perfect for this West, show in this universe. West Coast Avengers, uh, which I own, I own a lot of copies of those comics. Uh, uh, well, who is who is your performer of the episode? Yeah, honestly, I've I've really loved Owen Wilson in this since the beginning. Like we've kept joking that I was so excited to see Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston. Uh, reunite after their performance in Midnight in Paris, which is an incredible film made by a terrible person. Um, But they were both so great in that. And so it's so lovely to see them like almost 10 years later again. I just, I really like their dynamic. 10 years. Is it 10? Yeah, about 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice to see them again. I don't know. I just like, I wish all good things for Owen Wilson and I want to give him a hug and tell him he's doing a great job. And, um, yeah, I, I really liked it. Also, like, this doesn't really answer the question, but if I could give an award to, like, whoever designed everything going on on Lamentis, the it was, like, the most beautiful planet destruction I've ever seen. It was so good. It looked like the cover of, like, a Muse album. I'm like, this <laughs> is so, yeah, this is so cool. It just... And you know yeah. what the inside of the, uh, inside of, um... The TV it reminds me of it reminds me of that uh, Arctic Monkeys cover album. Uh, like, yes, whatever it's called, uh, something. Uh, Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. I it totally reminds me of that. Mark speaking. Please, my may how I oh shit I, I fucked how up may line. I you direct your call. Thank you. Yeah. Again, just, another uh, wonderful mid-century piece of reinterpretation of the future from a 1950s perspective. So good. Yep. Talk about it forever. Cole, who do you got for your favorite performer on the episode? Yeah, I'd definitely say Owen Wilson, but I also liked the um, who's who's the one the one guard lady that helped them out. Uh, the B fifty two, B fifteen. These yeah. are B fifty two. Yeah, she she's great. Yeah, because um, I, I really didn't care about her at all. Like, I really don't like any of the time people. That's played by Wunmi uh, Masaku. Yeah. Because they're basically just right. cops. Yes. Yeah. They're like, okay, well, fuck you. Like, yeah. I was like, yep, that's why I don't like them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, no, I, I didn't care about her before, but like by the end of this episode, I did quite a bit. She dies, right? Did she get killed? No, no, no. She. I. We don't really know what happens to her. Like, it seems she gets knocked unconscious. Oh, yeah, she gets knocked out. Because Everyone she gets knocked, knocked out. out. She gets like shoved It's like off. a Smallville episode. Everybody it's like in that throne room scene that was like very Star Wars. Like, I, like they literally toss each other a knife and it's just like... Okay. Yeah, it's very last Jedi, which apparently still makes people real mad. Um, <laughs> But I also loved Gugu Mbathu Raw. I think we're, I think we're going. I think she's going to be our performer for the next episode because I feel like we she's finally so got mean. something with Brent Slayer here. So she's, she's good, but I hate her character. Hate her. You should. She's the, she's a, such a heel. But she's I feel the, like by next episode, we're going to totally change our mind about her because I feel like they're going to have this whole thing about her. Either she's going to realize she's a variant, or there's a reason she did stuff, and we're going to be like. Oh, I can't well, yeah, I think you're right because they we do actually kind of open on her and we learned that she used to be one of the exterminator people. Well, I, I told him, you said you were like, I fucking hate her or whatever you said. And my response was, honestly, she's a victim too. She's like pretty much in a cult. She thinks that she's... She's yeah. like needlessly cruel though. That That is true. I don't that think she, true. I think she knew. I think she knew. 
knew what. She knows it's a fake? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, she must. Because she must. they killed the other girl who realized that it was all fake. Uh, or she could be like, yeah, uh, could. this girl is a troublemaker and she's trying to convince everybody this is fake when it's real. That's why she killed them. But she she watched them kill the uh, timekeeper who was an android. Oh, right. And she didn't seem like shocked by that. She didn't seem shocked no. at all. Oh, that's where I, that's what I'm getting. But she might be see that might make her the ultimate victim. That she knows so much and she has to like there's something making her protect yeah. everything. Because I think when she, she killed she Owen is, Wilson, she could be the person though. But when no. she when when Owen Wilson was was pruned, you could tell that she did not want to do that, and that just like part of her soul died during that. Like it was like I'm carrying out orders, but. I hate these orders and I just died on the inside because maybe she was in love with Owen Wilson for all we know. But like, why is she more subtext there? I think we're going to learn. I don't know the answer, but I think like next episode, there's going to be a huge review. Here's here's, here's a theory. She's a Hayward of the show for sure. No, I don't think so. Here's a theory. She's that bad. Mm, she, she, She pruned, she pruned Owen Wilson to save him because I think that pruning is not really dying because she pruned Loki. But he ended up in uh, Escape from Yeah, but he didn't die. We know that. But, but she, she wants to get rid of him. She might not know that. Okay, what I'm trying to say is not. when um, Sylvie has the thing to prune her at the end, her response is like, do it. Just go ahead and do it. I'm just saying, I don't think pruning is dying. No, and if she knows as much as you guys think, then she knows that. I don't think it's right. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. I think we're getting a big It just seemed like she was like, she was like, whatever, just fucking kill me. There's no point. Just do it. That's I what know. I got from that. I, I think we're going to get a lot of interpretations. We all got different things from that. I think we're going to get a, no matter whose interpretation is right, I think we're getting a huge reveal on this character. Unless yeah. this yeah. is the typical Disney Plus episode, and we just get the complete sidetrack for the for the penultimate episode, Ooh. which will be the sidetrack will be Escape from New York, essentially. Ooh. No, I think you're right, though. I think this episode will be the the Monica Rambeau episode, where we're going to see her life and how she gets to. I, I don't think do that right before the end. That I don't credit think scene, that. you could do that though. I don't think you could just be like, okay, we'll look at Renslayer, and we we'll can do half of the episode. Well, got half the episode. I don't think you're gonna get the whole. I'm just thing. saying, like, it's not gonna be. To, let's let's just let's help Bill Burr. You know, we need to get we need know. to get her motivation somehow, and I think it would be uh, great. I, yeah, I, I think, think we'll get it in a cold open, just like how we learned Sylvie in, in a cold open, and we also learned that Renslayer was an exterminator. Then she messed up, but still got promoted to like it seems like the highest ranking authority. Yeah. Also, maybe I'm dumb. Does no one think it's weird that she looks exactly the same? Like, I know that time is different in the TVA, but we see that Sylvie has aged. Yeah, but she she's not, she's in, not the, in the TVA. So yeah. is it like if you're in the TVA, you stop aging? Well, either either they are just, something's done to them to stop them from aging, or, no, or all the, you know, from all the time jumping that Sylvie's done, that could have been like more recent for Renslayer. From her perspective and from Sylvie, yeah. she's jumped around so much. It's been like this is the whole this, adult life. This is so, so time wimey wimey stuff. Yeah, time is. works differently in the TVA. So, say you're Sylvie and you go to a place that's gonna um, 
that's going to explode in 10 years or something. Right. So she yeah. lives 10 years there then leaves, goes to another place. Like she's actually experiencing aging where the people in the TVA are not because it's basically they're in like a time. They're in like their own time loop a little bit. Right. Oh, so much fucking time, dude. I'll just talk to It's like talking to Dr. Who. It really is. <laughs> um, let's get into our final segment, which is, of course, uh, where we rate the episode on one t- a scale of one to ten tesseracts. Even though, like, we haven't talked about tesseracts since episode one, but <laughs> we're gonna keep it because uh, we got nothing better to replace it with. Uh, so, esteemed guests, on a scale of one to ten tesseracts, and you know your overall, just your final thoughts on the episode. So, Cat, ladies first, you go. Um, I want to say that it's really funny that we're putting a number to tesseract because tesseract actually comes from the Greek word uh, tessera, which means four. Just because and you the- being our resident Greek, <laughs> you would know this. And when yeah. I want to eat gyros and all Greek food with your family. <laughs> So I really do. That's not even a joke. Like I love Greek food. I want to eat all of it. It is. It's so good. Everyone, everyone eat more Greek food. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, this was my favorite episode of the show so far. I've really, really been enjoying it. I've honestly enjoyed it a lot more than I enjoyed Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but that's another conversation. Um, I have like really high hopes. I hope it, I really hope it doesn't like go like the WandaVision route of being like incredible until like the last episode. And then I'm upset. That's why I would say like he, he's not, uh, Renslayer is not the, um, what's the, the guy? Hey, he's not the Hayward. I was like, there's no side comedy character that's going to off her. Like, yeah. like the guy at the front desk isn't going to just pull out a gun and shoot her. Like, <laughs> that would actually be cool. That guy's like, I, like I know it. what a fish is now. I know what a fish is now. I just shoots them. We haven't seen him since episode one. Uh, uh, Miss uh, Minutes, yeah. Minutes just cuts his throat. It's great. Oh my God. Yeah. Bring Miss Minutes back. Um, yeah. It's really great show. Really interesting. I remember at the end of the previous episode, I'm like, oh my God, we spent this whole time on this planet. And now it's like ending right before it gets interesting. They're about to die. And they picked that up and it was still like really cool visually. Love everything that's going on. Um, yeah. I, it like, Loki has had a lot of interesting character development. I've always been a Tom Hiddleston fan. I think he's doing great. And this show is like really intriguing. And um, yeah, like how bizarre that we're all sitting around talking about a show that has a, an alligator wearing like a Loki helmet. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, that's normal. We're like, yeah, this show is high art. <laughs> like yes. more. Here's like a kid holding a crocodile. We're all like, fuck yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I think it's really a testament to this show that I'm just like, ooh, yes. Tell me more about this like bureaucratic office and all of the rules and things happening. Like it's, it's really, really interesting. Um, a lot of stuff was happening. It reminded me of a lot of different things at once. Again, Star Wars, Blade Runner. There's a lot of really cool philosophical things, personal identity, what like uh, just a lot of really interesting like metaphysical um questions answered so i'm I'm really into that um i would i would give it a, a nine out of ten i would give it nine test racks out of ten that's so bizarre um yeah the only reason it's not a 10 really is because i'm like just curious to see where it's going it could still like 
it could spiral. It could go off the deep end. Um, also the whole, like the answer to everything might be that Loki just needed to fall in love. That's not my favorite concept. That might not actually be what happened, but if it is, then not my favorite thing, but yeah, nine out of 10 Tesseracts. I just picked up when you said Blade Runner before my my immediately my immediate thought went to twenty forty nine and I just and I didn't really pick up the what you were saying for some reason but now it just clicked and I'm just like oh god yeah it's just like they're hunting themselves you know yeah they're hunting for anyone themselves. who hasn't seen Blade Runner uh, movie is so old at this point guys you should have seen it uh, especially <laughs> listening to a podcast like this Al's like shit I haven't seen it uh, but you so have not, you have not. No, the original Blade Runner. Oh, I own it. I have it on Blu-ray. Yeah, I mean, you also own The Matrix, but have never watched it. So. No, I don't what? own The Matrix. That's not true. I don't own The Matrix. Wait, you've never seen The Matrix? I don't want to talk about it, Cole. Cole? No, no, no. Cole? At, at, at this Ask point, question. you don't Ask need questions. to see it. Thank you, Kat. Thank you. Yes, he does. It's a great film. You need just need to watch the first one. That's it. Yeah, um, there's yes. only one movie. Yes. I love Blade Runner, like, I get the whole... I love preambles before movies. Um, Blade Runner. You must watch the first one. Dare not watch the second or third. Yeah, I'm trying to save you, just like wasting your time. Uh, is like the Blade Runner thing totally works, and I, I'd like I did not get that until now. And thank you for bringing that up because it makes way too much yeah. sense. Hunting themselves, androids. Yeah. Self-loathing. Yep. Yeah, get all that. Yeah. Uh, Cole. Um. So I would say the first couple episodes. I'll just say quickly, like I would give the first one like a nine out of Tesseract, a nine out of ten <laughs> Tesseracts. Uh, I think I'd give like the second one like an eight. I'd give the third one an eight. And this one, I would give an eight and a half. I think it's moving along at a good pace and I'm liking kind of everything that's being revealed, but I guess I'm waiting for more. Yeah. I'm going to go, Al, I'm going to save you for last. I'm going to go for nine because I've gone between eight and eight and a half pretty much in every episode so far. I just love the performances here. I love the questions were being asked. Um, The action was great. I love that throne, that fake, Mm -hmm. that that homage to last Jedi, which (laughs) of just the, the, the throne room scene. I thought it was awesome. I love the MacGuffin of the, of the time. I was going to say the time Lords because I'm in Dr. Who mode of the timekeepers. Um, the, the, the pruning scenes, especially the Loki one was so shocking to me. I'm just like, was not expecting that at all. I just expected him to say something very Loki-esque. Um, I love the thought of a, a Nexus event or a variation is that not that Loki is falling in love with himself, that Loki is finding self-love because this is all a variation on himself. And he's finally looking in the mirror and it's kind of like, I don't know, pulling me out the curtain too much of myself, but like people telling you about yourself and you finally accepting what people are telling you about yourself, or you're seeing yourself in a different way through someone else's perspective. And you're, you're finding that it's love and not romantic love. It's love of yourself. It's respect of yourself. And that's something that Loki has never had. You know, the whole scene with Lady Sif is him saying, I am a narcissist. I deserve to be alone. And then Mobius comes in and he says, do you really believe that? Do you deserve to be alone? And the answer really is he doesn't believe that. It's just like deep down, he doesn't want to believe that, but he keeps telling himself that because he doesn't care about himself. But deep down, he really wants that acceptance 
his own acceptance of himself. And to me, for them to subtly and sometimes not so subtly tackle that is something that I really appreciate because it's something that people can really take away from this and apply to real life. But it's also a deep thing that people often talk about Marvel and they're like, it's not very deep. It's a comic book thing. It's just like, it's here to make money. These shows have proven there's a lot we can explore about that. We've explored trauma, we've explored race, and now we're exploring the self. And I think that's really cool that we're doing this within these MCU shows, despite the, the brevity of this. So for me, this is a nine. This is the, my highest rated one due to performance, due to action, and due to what we're setting up. And I think we could be off to the races in the next two episodes. So Al, close us out. I really wanted you to close out because that was great. Uh, I would say this is a nine for me, maybe even nine and a half because it had everything I kind of wanted in what we now know what the show is in the sense of um, all the major players and everything pre council of Loki's um, and just the inclusion of that is what it takes it to the 0.5 for me. But yeah, it, it had everything. It, it made me care about the soldier and made me uh, really hate Renslayer to an nth degree. Um, you get the, the hero kind of moment of Mobius and Mobius, Loki's self-realization about his, you know, his entire existence and how he's just always scared to be alone. Um, and then Sylvie, just seeing how badass she was in the, in the throne room. I think that's the only reason I, I wouldn't give it a 10 is just like, we only got that really small scene with, uh, with Sylvie and then the, the fight. So I, maybe a little more of her would have helped push this over the edge. It would have gave kind of like everyone their chance to really shine. Um, but yeah, I thought it was great. Can, I, can I add? Can I add just one more thing that I I just remembered? Um, you could add like but, ten more things if you want. Okay. Um, agree with everything you both said, but especially remembered. Okay, another reason why I believe that Doctor Strange is involved in this whole situation. It's because when Loki was in the time loop in Asgard, that was like such a Dormammu moment for me. Mm. And I was like, who would set this Dormammu? up? Dormammu, I've come to bargain. It Dormammu. felt like that. I came to bargain. Love I don't know. But I'm interested. Me too. A scene written by Dan Harmon. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What? Why? Mm -hmm. Why? He wrote that scene? Yeah, he did uncredited rewrites on Doctor Strange and that scene as well. That is so bizarre. I didn't know that. He's like, I watched the Doctor Who episode one time. Was, it, this was it Adam McKay who did some rewrites for Ant-Man? Yep. What? Yep. He was oh, on yeah. a director. Marvel doesn't fuck around. That would have been a totally different yeah, film. Right. Well, no, it probably would have been closer. <laughs> probably closer to Edgar's vision, if anything. Yep. Because he, he edits like Edgar, very quick, very fast. I love that. All right, guys. So that is our look. God, guys, we had an Adam McKay movie this year. Totally forgot about that. The Netflix one with the like amazing cast. What's it about? What, what is this? At the end of the world. It's um um DiCaprio. Don't don't look up, right? It's about like the it's, it's DiCaprio and uh Jennifer Lawrence. Yep. Oh and wait, wait, amongst... remind me. So they are like dooms. Hold on. Bill closes out and we'll talk about it after the show. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's going to happen. Don't forget, we also have Black Widow coming up real soon. So that's going to complicate the shit out of everything in the MCU. So, Cat um, and Cole, I mean, tell us where people can find you on social media uh, if you'd like. 
Uh, Kat, I know we're coming back to concert season, so that uh, that Instagram might be coming back one day. Yes. You don't want to promote it. Don't worry about it. But where can people find you on social media? Um, the, the Instagram is on ice, but, but she's heating up. She's getting a little warmer because, uh, concerts oh. are, are, are coming. But right now you could find me on Letterboxd at cat underscore wild. That's cat with a K and wild with an E. Um, yeah, good times. You could see me reviewing movies and whatnot. Uh, Kolsky. Yeah, I'm also on Letterboxd. You can just find it under mine. It's just my full name, Cole Rothacker. Which We're I, usually watching the same things. Yeah, we both just watched Fast 9. Yeah. Oh, did you Did you guys watch The Conjuring 3? Family. I did. He did. I don't watch that. I wasn't. I didn't like it. It's definitely the weakest of the three. I agree. Uh I also watched Spider-Man Far From Home, like I mentioned before. So, hey, guys, I made my promise. Slowly finishing off the MCU. In, like, the weirdest order. What? In, like, the weirdest order. It was on Stars. My wife started watching it. I'm like, holy shit, my wife is watching an MCU movie. I'm going to make the most of this. And we both enjoyed it. My wife's like, I like Zendaya. She's cool. I like Euphoria. And I was like. I I think Jake Gyllenhaal was a fantastic Mysterio. He was awesome. He was really good. I love the effects, too. Yes, very, very good. Uh, Al, tell people where they can find you, especially since concert season is back, baby! Love it. Love that energy. (laughs) At Al Manorino on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter for nonsense. Instagram, maybe for concert photos. We'll see. Open. I mean, there's one I think I can get you into at least. Uh, at least maybe two. Uh, For me, if you must follow me on Twitter, I'm at BodkinWrites, W-R-I-T-E. W-R-I-T-E-S. Unfortunately, I have not written much in the past month, hoping to correct that real, real soon. Um, But most importantly, check out thepopbreak.com every single day. We have awesome stuff pertaining to television. Of course, we got a low-key review series. Check out the latest review for this episode by Big Cat Matt Wittes. He just wrote a whole bunch of stuff. He also writes NXT for us because we're we're writing about TV, wrestling, movies, music, anime pop culture digital trends you name it we're writing about it follow us on twitter at the pop break at the pop break on instagram forward slash pop all spelt out on facebook and don't forget about all the damn podcasts we do check out pop break tv on apple anchor google and spotify we're talking every single week with former guests of this review series dj chapman and michelle chapman they do the Roses and Rejections podcast, talking about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. We're also talking uh, tons of stuff on TV. We got the TV break. We got Anniversary Brothers. Courtney and Marshall were on last week with Blurred Watchers, their monthly show. Of course, we also have And the Winner Still Is, which airs every single Monday, which is our retro Oscar podcast hosted by Marissa Carpigo and Matt Taylor on all those platforms. They also do the Way Too Early Oscar podcast. And check out the breakcast where we have uh, different podcasts about wrestling, music, anime, and whatnot on the little podcast platforms I just mentioned. So for our favorite people from California, who we're hopefully going to hang out with over on 4th of July weekend, Cat and Cole, for uh, the always distracted Al Manorino. I'm kidding. Uh, not really. And for the self-deprecating Bill Bodkin, thank you for watch- listening to this episode, and we will see you for episode five next week. <laughs>